This is the AV Podcast Games Edition. Hello and welcome to the AV Podcast Gaming Edition. This is the podcast for the month of May. I'm Steve Hill. My forum name is Hillskill. I'm the one with the skull and crossbones. Uh, joining me this week is Mark Botright. Hi, Mark. Evening, Steve. What's your uh, forum username? Uh, Maybo. Oft, often probably mispronounced uh, Marbo. Yes, yes, or, or called Mobo or something. I need to change it. Someone called me out for my pronunciation of Skyfi. <laughs> uh, I I told them that I also pronounced the silent R in Castle as well. So <laughs> yeah, there'll be plenty, pl- plenty more of those uh, Steveisms coming up. I'm sure. Uh, also joining us is uh, Leon. How you doing, Leon? Very well, thank you. And your forum name? See, you didn't warn me we were doing this. <laughs> it's natural. Now I feel, now I feel stupid. It's natural. <laughs> I, I'm guns underscore lots of guns, and I have to explain it now because it sounds stupid. But it's my favourite line from the Matrix, so that makes it all right, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I often think mine's a little bit immature, but it's kind of too old to change now. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? I'm stuck with it now. Also joining us is uh, Steve Carter. Steve, how you doing? I'm not bad. Yourself? Uh, your exciting forum name? It's Handle It, Stephen Carter. <laughs> uh, any story behind that one? <laughs> there was a story 20 years ago, but we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think you're probably right, actually. Uh, let's get straight into it. The uh, hot topics this month. No surprise to anyone, been um, E3 chatter and banter. Everyone's excited for what is normally one of the biggest dates in the year of the, the gaming calendar. Uh, Leon, what's been said on the forum? Um, yeah, a lot of discussion about E3 this week. This, uh, week. Um, I think Germinator kind of, I don't know, he, he has some of my sentiments and quite a lot of other people's sentiments as well. I'll read a little bit for you. Uh, in the last two weeks, I've received emails from Microsoft promoting entertainment and Connect. No emails promoting games. This is the way of Microsoft. They have abandoned the core gamer in favour of Connect. They see the Xbox 360 as a Wii clone and an entertainment hub and not an actual games console. Um, that's a little bit more depressing than I would have put it. But I think it gets a sentiment across. No one wants the same E3 as last year, which was just connect game after connect game after connect game. So no hardware announcements from Xbox, uh, Microsoft this year. No, it's all it's all speculative at the moment. I mean, everyone's. I mean, the thread is full of that sort of stuff as well. Um, I mean, we had a report from Microsoft possibly prepping a ninety-nine dollar Xbox three hundred and sixty subscription. Uh, Bamford thirty-eight dropped that in the thread. Um, I had a quick little read of that. Um, it seems to think that they might be doing some sort of subscription service, so sell you a cheap box and then lock you into a $15 in the US um, subscription a month for a couple of years, which is interesting. Um, there's all there's all sorts of rumours. But Mark, isn't isn't this the, the, the year that we finally deserve some sort of new hardware announcement? It's been, what, how many years, the Xbox now? Oh God, that's a, that's a good question. It, it seems like a lifetime ago. It, it seems really like six six years, my five six years since the 360 was launched. I remember um, it came out very near my birthday, and I'd ordered one at the last minute. I managed to get one, and I missed the delivery, so I made my wife go and who was my girlfriend at the time drive me to the depot at about seven eight o'clock at night, and we picked it up. And I got home. I was so excited, but it seems an eternity ago. I got married since then. I've had a kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's weird to think that it was so long ago that the, these consoles came in with the advent of HD. And, you know, just 720p was, was what we were all talking about and, and looking at everything in HD. And now we've, you know, 
HD is the standard now, and we've got people talking about 3D and the like, and and things have moved on so so much. But I think to a certain degree they've got to keep them going because they've plumbed so much money into R and D, and and particularly when you look at how long it took the PlayStation 3 to to break even. You know, you can argue all you want about it being nothing more than a Trojan horse for Blu-ray as a technology and the like, but you know, it's taken them a long while to get it to be truly profitable. They've had the different revisions, and we're seeing, certainly if you follow Nintendo's model, that revisions tend to, and new colours and little things like that, tend to sell um, consoles. And so, you know, can they really drop something when they uh, drop a console and move on to something else? When has Move, has Connect really actually established itself? And then you come on to the big the big question which is is this e3 gonna be just basically more of microsoft pushing connect i'm crestfallen i still can't believe we've got no hardware other than the wii u well you know um wii u something um is is there a chance that we might see some kind of 3ds revision or something i mean the the sales figures on the one hand it's good for nintendo the sales figures have gone up and so we probably won't see that but if they'd stayed slumped for for much longer then perhaps we might have seen the the kind of integration of the circle pad pro and a second thumbstick on there but beyond that i mean you know sony have only just put out the the vita so you can't really expect them to do anything and they're happy that's true yeah you skipped over the wii u there i seem to recall on a podcast that we did somebody saying i will be buying a wii u on the day of release yes yes that that is true and is that still the case <laughs> it does look good I'm I'm so, I'm sorry. It, falling for it is falling for it. It 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 does. Um, it it all depends. It depends about. I mean, this is going to be a a big one for Nintendo, which is even I, as as someone who's who who loves Nintendo and everything that they do, and and they stick to the fundamentals of gaming so well. Um, you you start to tire at a given point. Looking at things like uh, the first-party titles getting rehashed and the like. I mean, there are as as much as I love things like Zelda. Um, there are only so many times I I just think I can I can replay essentially the same game. Um, so I'm I'm just really hoping that they they bring out some some interesting uses of the technology and and that's one thing that has pushed with the Wii, which is that you know a Mario game on the GameCube was by and large the same as a Mario game on the N64 whereas a Mario game on the Wii actually changed you know the input method changed and I'm just hoping that the Wii U moves that along even further but yeah but that that might work for Mario but like you say Zelda 12 13 14 it's it's like I, I I'm really not excited by these franchises anymore I can't, I can't remember the last time I I picked up a piece of Nintendo hardware um with any kind of excitement it just seems to me like it's a company that's so stuck in the the 90s and early 2000s. It's almost like the the, the guys there are, are just so set in their ways that they can't even see what's going on around them and see what Microsoft are doing and what Sony are doing. And all those people that bought into Nintendo back in the Wii and back when the DS first came out, they're... That, you know, their kids that are now in their late teens that probably want something a little bit more exciting, and the the Wii U to me just seems just another gimmick. See, I, I can see exactly where you're coming from with that, 
but I think the flip side there's there's a there's always that possibility with Nintendo that they've hit upon something great that we just can't see but it could just be like another 64 double d or, or virtual boy or something like that you know it could tank 64 mass- double d sounds quite exciting actually <laughs> <laughs> that's very much not Nintendo's ethos <laughs> exactly it's just it's not a company that i associate with any kind of mature gaming and i think this this new console seems to be exactly the same ethos again and okay fine if they think they're going to get this new audience or if they think that their current fan base is going to stay loyal which i think have probably already moved on yeah that's that's a fair point but i think perhaps there's a slight move there in the fact that the wii u controller is is like almost like a semi-portable in itself that perhaps they're looking at the fact that most people i mean things like the ds and, and now the 3ds is starting to take off the Sony handhelds have been absolutely massive business. And yet, if you think of where most people play their handhelds, it's usually kind of sat on the couch while someone else is watching TV or something. It's not really that... People don't use it so much as a portable... You know, you know, you don't see people like in the old advert, you know, walking down the street with a Game Boy playing it, you know, plugged in or something. So perhaps they're trying to marry those two things together... I just think that the Wii U seems to be this kind of tablet-type controller. And frankly, as an iPad owner, it, it really doesn't interest me at all. And if I was Sony, if I was Microsoft, I would be developing something on the side in conjunction with Apple and say, look, let's have an app which works on the iPad that gives all the functionality of a Wii U on a Xbox. And all, all you need is already there. We just need to make the app available in the iOS store bish bosh bash and the, and the Wii U suddenly has got no unique selling point that is the way to kill it isn't it that's pretty plug good. your iPhone or your tablet into a controller then you'd be blazing wouldn't you yeah, you wouldn't even need to do that Wi-Fi I mean well, surely it's as straightforward as that well just I mean it, that's, a, that's a grand idea but don't forget that we were having the same kind of conversations when people said you know, everyone's tiring of Nintendo's first-party titles and motion control. As soon as Connect comes out, and as soon as PlayStation Move comes out, they'll team up with all the big gaming studios. They'll all want to make, you know, something that rivals Mario Galaxy, and then, you know, that will do for the Wii. And what's happened? Basically, you've got this technology that allows you motion control, and no one has done anything on these two hyper-powerful consoles that's vaguely comparable to what Nintendo have done on a massively underpowered last-gen technology console, just with a, a shiny new controller. And so I think, you know, to a certain extent, Apple, any tablet maker, could team up with Microsoft, integrate everything. But you still got to need someone to make the games. You know, and in terms of making games for the 360, I can only really think of, say, maybe Rare as someone who would be able to integrate that in the right way. I mean, I. Uh- Obviously, I'm not hiding my disappointment. I honestly thought we would be coming here today and talking about next-gen consoles and new hardware, and, and obviously that's not going to be the case this year apart from Nintendo's offering. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, any any exciting games that I can be excited about? There's, there's only rumours, isn't there? There's... Yeah, it's all, it's all rumour at the moment. There's, there's a lot of people um, in the thread throwing out sequels to games that they want to see. Bulletstorm 2. Dead Space 3, I think, is a, is a pretty cert at this point. Um People seem to want to see some GTA 5, but Rockstar don't like E3, so 
that's never going to happen. Uh, Steve, any any games we should be looking out for or hoping to see? Um, there's there's just a few you know rumours circulating and what people actually want to see. I don't think there's you know a lot of guarantees. I mean, one that's mainly you know sort of my interest is Dead Space Three, which you know they aren't confirmed either. But I think it's you know we've it's been a while since we've seen Dead Space Two now. So poor old Isaac, he really does have some some rubbish luck. Yeah, he's um, supposed to be on a rescue mission this time, but he's uh, got a death warrant over his head, so it's not it's not getting much better for him. Um, so yeah, that's supposed to be happening. Then, like Leon said, Bulletstorm Two is supposed to be, you know, Assassin's Creed Three. They probably might show a bit of that. Um, great language in uh, Bulletstorm. Yeah, <laughs> eloquent. Eloquence. <laughs> the first and only place you'll ever heard the phrase "murder boner." Yeah, and that's ta- and that's tame for that game. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're going to open their uh, the presentation with the uh, catchphrase like "murder boner." I'd imagine Black Ops Two is going to be pretty big. Yeah, if you, if anyone's big. interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, I'll put money on Microsoft opening their conference with it. Hmm. A lot of people are excited about Black Ops Two. What, what what do we know about it already? Um, we know that it, part of it's going to be in the eighties, and then the rest of it is going to be in twenty twenty five. It's Modern um, Warfare Three. Yeah, it's that we've all moved on to. It's future soldier. It's the the future, near future war, warfare, basically. Is it a Halo killer? Do we think? Uh, some people would argue Halo is dead, but that's controversial. I, I think. I mean, are they going to um, go all out with laser guns and just something which we've never seen before in COD, or is it going to still still stay true to its roots? I don't think it's going to be laser guns. It's not far enough in the in the future. It, it, they've pushed it. I think. Just far enough they can put in a few experimental things, but it's still a twenty twenty five. I'd I'd be expecting to see lasers. <laughs> really, twenty twenty five. That's not that far away. Twenty twenty five. That's a good thirteen years away. Steve won't even have decent broadband by that time. <laughs> <laughs> but they have invented the phaser, so it's fine. Uh, that that would be a good perk in uh, Black Ops Two. You could get like a um, host advantage for like a minute. What <laughs> <laughs> popping everyone head for a minute? Or actually, you might just want to level out your um, your connection for a minute. That would that would be great for some. I'd, I'd be happy if my connection level for full match, let alone a minute. To be fair. Anyway, we're we're falling into the Call of Duty <laughs> trap like we always do. Um, uh, anything else at E3 that might come up and uh, sort of catch us by surprise, sneak in the back door? I would. I I make a little prediction, but new Quantic Dreams game after the big push that Heavy Rain got. And yeah, that- we've not heard from them for a, for a while, and I, I think, fair to say, we were all quite impressed by Heavy Rain. I, I, I absolutely loved it. I think it, it's it's one of those one of the high points in, in video games history, personally. Really ambitious, very absorbing, very different, and the only thing we've seen which comes close to it since has been um, uh, L.A. Noire, that's the uh, one. That's the one. That that game which uh, really struck a chord with us. <laughs> no, I was just thinking. You know, I, I play a lot of those kind of detective games, and I've only recently picked up um, Apollo Justice on the DS. And I'm just thinking, he can't be thinking about that, surely. <laughs> I wasn't. It's good, but yeah, we'll we'll probably see something. I would think from them because, I mean, that they've shown that they can they can polish the formula from Fahrenheit to Heavy Rain and the the facial, you know. Uh, capture technology is just it, it's absolutely stunning there's there's got to be more of that surely 
what um, what would you like to see from it? Uh, to sort of similar lines of um, uh, a mi- murder mystery, who done it, or something a little bit more epic. I think I think they could go more epic. I think um, if you look at you know stuff like L.A. Noir, it managed to to shift nicely in, in tone, so it wasn't just going full on for for the cinematic vibe, trying to pretend that it was a film all the way throughout. So I'd I'd like to see it integrated well into into just a, a quite a traditional video game. But if they could bring with it you know the the thing that you can't really get across in in reviews and the like is just how stunning the atmosphere was in LA Noir uh sorry in in uh, heavy rain it was dark it was it just it felt almost crushing the storyline was very adult it was you know vaguely depressing it was it it pulled absolutely no punches and i think if they could find a way to make something like that again but should we say not push for the ideal of you know, this is almost like a film, and try and try and tie it into the the video games world more, and make it a bit more fun to play. I mean, uh, Heavy Rain at times, you know, the same as with Fahrenheit. You could say, well, really, it's just quick time events and the like. You know, you can feel a little bit disconnected from it. So if they could find a way to to tie that kind of technology in and their storytelling knack into a traditional game, I think they'd be onto a definite winner. And it will get pushed by Sony, no matter what. What about from the uh, the regulars that are there every year? Anything um, else? Anyone else is looking looking out for? Um, I'd like to see a Gears prequel. I think that's I don't know. Is it a foregone conclusion at this point? But yeah, the Gears story kind of wrapped up, but got the Pendulum Wars and stuff, which a lot of people seem to be into. So that would be quite nice. Uh, w- would that happen for this year? Do you think? Um, I don't know. Did, um, did we have Gears three last year? I think we did, didn't we? We so, did, yeah. so we're, we're Maybe due a trailer. year off. Right, okay, nice teaser. Yeah. Jumping back real quick to Quantic Dream, did you guys see the Kara demo? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, I didn't play Heavy Rain, but I think something like that would really grab my attention. I hope something like that on the 360 would be, would be pretty decent. Uh, just explain for uh, our listeners and myself who have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so they, they came out at um, some sort of expo, I think it might have been PAX or something like that, um, where they provided a tech demo and they were very, very adamant that it's not going to be part of an actual game that's coming out. Um, and it was just um, building on heavy rain and the facial animation and all that sort of stuff. It was a very tight scene, but it was um, they were building an android and it was a little bit Blade Runner-y. I won't spoil it because it is, it is quite good and it does tug on the heartstrings a little bit, which is quite surprising for something so short. But, yeah, um, we'll, we'll pop a link in the show notes maybe. Yeah, definitely worth a watch for it really shows what they can do. If they can push that into a game it'll be great. Developers have done this before, haven't they? They've um they've shown tech demos and then you know, denied that it was anything coming up and then it's turned out to be uh, a big game, a big triple A game. I think Gears was used as a tech demo at one point, is that correct? Yeah, the Brumac was, was the tech demo. That's yeah. right, that's right. It's it's a nice way to test the water though, isn't it? And it's almost like a, a parting shot across the bowels of everyone, as if to say, "This is what we're working on." I mean, it would be something if we see, you know, Unreal Engine Four or you know something big like that. So people start to show exactly, not necessarily. I mean, if we're not going to get the actual um, hardware announcements, it'd be nice to know where we're moving. You know, where what kind of things are going to get prioritised, like with the f- facial recognition stuff, and uh, you know, perhaps some tweaks if they did bring out some tweaks to connect you know there's talk that they might you know integrate that kind of thing into the next generation of microsoft console that it will be a, a better version of that you know it'd be nice to see some of the tech demos 
show us just a few little pointers as to where the next generation of consoles will be going. Well, Connect is getting there. I think I saw a thing, uh, an update for Skyrim, am I correct? Where you can um, respond to dialogue in-game by just reading out... um, or is it Mass Effect? It may be Mass Effect. Anyone that's heard Skyrim. about this? It is Skyrim. Skyrim. Yeah, I think that's a really clever idea. Any any more from the thread which has caught your eye, Leon? Yeah, but Benchy UK breaks cover from the PS3 forums. He says, uh, don't shoot me down because I'm a Sony guy, but don't Xbox guys get fed up with the same sequels over and over? I understand Halo, Fable and Forza are Microsoft's big three, but are they flogging them to death with a sequel as soon as the last one has been finished in development? Um, I think that's another sentiment which is rolling through the thread. I, we all want some new IP, but the feeling is that they're holding it back for the new consoles at this point, which doesn't look like they're coming anytime soon. But see, that that's, in a way, sorry, but that's, it's almost like a, a, a weird way of looking at it, that like the new IPs would be on the, the new consoles. Because I would have thought the time to test the water really is now, whilst you've got an established base. You know, uh, if you see your you know a series that you absolutely love if you if the next next mass effect was like a, a launch game for the next next xbox surely that would be a bigger sell than just another sci-fi game maybe it's the the development cycles i mean they start them at the beginning and then they're so comfortable by the end that they just keep rolling them out rolling them out i mean look at assassin's creed that looked like it was meant to be just a trilogy and how many games are we going to have of that by the time the generation finishes um, so I guess when they get more comfortable, they get quicker at it, <laughs> I, guess, yeah. I guess is the point. And it just becomes easier for them to sort of knock them out, whereas at the beginning they're just working hard to try and get the most out of the machine. Um, but I'd like to see something new, I really would. Um, but saying that, every single time I, I say what I want from E3, I say Mirror's Edge 2. I just have to slide that in there. Yeah, wouldn't it be fantastic? That was just so fresh and so different and just a, a real real boon to play when it, it came out of nowhere really yeah so different i think i'd like something the equivalent of mirror's edge this e3 you know something i wasn't expecting that just comes out of nowhere but we'll see i guess uh, it was a dice game right yeah it was yeah and you thought they they would have earned enough uh kudos by now to take a take a few risks and it seems crazy that we're talking about Mirror's Edge 2 as a risk but I think you know maybe if you're one of the the, the business um, number crunchers at uh, one of the distributors you might be thinking it's a bit of a risk too it dropped in price pretty fast though didn't it I mean there were large stories about people getting motion sickness from it and the like you know I, I couldn't really play it for large amounts of time in the you know the first person view it I played just... it beginning to end this is back when I had a projector and it was only a cheap projector just a 720p one you can have them for about 200 quid and it was the height of summer and I had my patio doors open with the projector down and um, I played the whole thing to uh, the Prodigy's uh, Jilted Generation on loop and you (laughs) know you can do that thing with uh, Xbox where you can replace the music in game with, with your own stuff yeah so it's really the perfect mix. And I played it beginning to end one summer's evening. It was just fantastic. I loved it. Highly recommend going back and replaying it to the Prodigy. It's brilliant. And that's the thing. A lot of people love that game. But again, it's, it's hasn't even a sequel isn't even in the pipework sort of thing. So they'd rather put out Battlefield 3 or another Battlefield game or another Call of Duty game. So sequels, they make money. But is it what we really want? I don't know. Big, big corporate companies in profit wanting shocker what can you do indeed bioshock infinite i want some i want some of that i'll slip that in there as well everyone's um sort of game game of the the conference last year wasn't it yeah definitely 
Okay, well, we'll wrap up our E3 convo with uh, predictions. Uh, Mark, you going to stick your neck out and predict anything that we're um, going to see? I would say, uh, hopefully, uh, Wii U, Zelda. Um, I think there probably won't see any big price drops, but Microsoft will push Connect, and as was said on the thread, they'll push everything kind of multimedia. But I'm just really hoping that we'll see something more of The Last Guardian, because lots of... You know, we we touched on the rumours before about problems with the the studio and and you know the director leaving and things like that. Um, and I just hope that we see something more from it. Leon, anything uh, you would like to stick your neck out and predict? Um, predicting, I, I I do think Microsoft will drop the price of the console this year. I think it's about time, and it's right. They've just had their new model come out last year, and. I know sales are pretty steady, but I think... Uh, Squeezing every last drop out of that system, aren't they? Every yeah. last drop. There's not much else they can do. They've bolted on Connect. They've got all the multimedia stuff in there now. Just a little price drop. Nothing significant, maybe. I don't know, what is it? 249 or something in the shop still? Or no, it's 199 in the shop. So maybe drop it to 149 UK pounds or something like that and watch it take off again for another year before they answer the console, I reckon. Maybe a good time to uh, sell my old arcade before the um, the price drop kicks in and totally kills the second-hand market. <laughs> Steve, uh, anything in your crystal ball? Uh, just the little bit of morsel of information I bought onto is Kingdom Hearts 3. There's a rumour circulating at a minute that they're, uh, they're going to make a sort of announcement soon about the next console game and it's not going to be a crappy little 3DS game or a PSP or mobile game, so fingers crossed. Proper full yeah, blown. Yeah, full blown, and it's, it's been, what, Kingdom Hearts 2 coming in about, what, 2004, 5 now? It's been years, so we we need to see some Kingdom Hearts action. Either the HD collection or, or a third a third title. Either way, I'll be, I'll be all over it. Yeah, I'm not so much going to make a prediction, just a, uh, a want. I would like to see some hardware of some sort. Anything will do. Connect 2? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to see. <laughs> Connect 4? Oh, <laughs> uh, you can follow coverage uh, of course from E3 on the forums there'll be threads uh, popping up all over the place as moderators we try and keep them in one place um, so look for the official E3 threads in your, your home forums there'll be links to all the live streams from all the developers I think um, uh, Microsoft doing a live one across Xboxes this time around yeah, so you can tune in on your Xbox, obviously, as well. Um, so you guys have been playing games for the last month. Any reviews you need to plug or bring to our attention? Um, well, big one for me would probably be uh, Connect Star Wars. That was one that I was looking forward to for a long time. Um, this divided people, didn't it? Not necessarily after the event of actually playing it, but even just into the run-up because the idea of being able to um, do the whole physical lightsaber thing um, either sounded amazing or just an absolute abomination. And you were obviously quite excited for it. I, I was um, against all of my better instincts. Um, you know, I, I think we've covered before that I'm, I'm easily swayed by hype. Um, and it it was one of those things where when the Wii first came out, everyone said, "Wouldn't it be great?" You know, to, you know, it seems almost made for a lightsaber game. And I think to a certain extent, people people's expectations grew when they saw, you know, that that this was going to be a big kind of uh, 
peripheral seller for Microsoft that this could be the game that really shifts Connect out the door, and so they don't have to keep dropping prices. All in. right, well, let's start this way. What's what's right with it? What's right with it? Um, well, you get to swing your arms about and pretend that you're you're swinging a lightsaber. You can use force push and the like, and there are lots of different little kind of uh, segmented mini games and the like. Um, there's a Rancor Rampage where you are the Rancor and you're just literally like in a Hulk Rampage, you're just smashing through entire little kind of, um, what do you call them? They're not cities, are they? Whatever they are, you're smashing through everything. You're, on, you're, on tattooing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Moss Eisley and the like. You're, you're basically going on a, a massive destruction spree and it's it's really really simplistic but it's it's very much fun it's a it's a bit like in the the blast cause mold of just destroy everything in sight um there's also the little dancing mini game which is it it's it's slick i mean it it, it works and it works in a, in a humorous way there are lots of these little kind of kitsch uh, song tie-ins to you know more famous hits of the day um, and they've they've changed the lyrics slightly to tie it in with Star Wars and it, and it is quite funny it's it's all tongue-in-cheek you know see- not traditionally what you would consider Star Wars no exactly you don't expect to see hands so- picked up my my air quotes there listeners <laughs> yeah but it, it's it's very much um those little bits that are that are added on work nicely but the problem is is that what most people want from this is the core part of the game which is you know the, the single player which is you know taking on the sith and getting into lightsaber battles and then you come back to the classic problem with that comes up with so many different connect games and and the like which is uh motion recognition and um, you only need to be a fraction out for it to completely undermine you know uh, exactly what's going on in a game and if you look at say some of the the first party games from Nintendo for the Wii particularly the ones where they used um motion control plus and things like that they've been very smart in what they've actually allowed you to do in in things like Wii Sports they've chosen things whereby simplistic motions they know they can capture those perfectly and they can simulate something that doesn't require absolute precision at times. You know, they've they've worked around that. They've worked with the technology. This comes across. Connect Star Wars comes across like someone said. It's such a great idea. It has to be made, no matter what the shortfalls are along the way. And it, there are only so many times that you can swing a lightsaber and realize that you're half a second out and that rather than timing one perfect swipe you know to try and cut someone down it's easier just to swing your arms around mentally and just hope that one of the hits goes in you know you know some people have said that it's aimed at kids and that you know you shouldn't expect as much but i think in a way that's actually doing kids a bit of a disservice because if you look at the games that 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 kids tend to like these days you know crazies like pokemon and the like they're actually really tight in terms of gameplay you know kids don't just buy rubbish games these days they they just gravitate towards a different type of game and i just don't really know who the market is for this other than those people who've got to connect want something that they can play on it 
and wants something that's somewhere between like a party game and just a traditional video game i so they don't want to just stick on you know some kind of a quiz or a sports title or something See, the thing it doesn't doesn't really matter though does it because so many people were always going to buy it whether it was a total turd sandwich or whether it was the best game ever made exactly and you know i, I was always going to pick it up and i always wanted to play it because there's always that sneaking suspicion that people are, are taking the kind of highbrow view of it and that you might really like it because there have been some absolutely terrible star wars games and there have been a lot of really really mediocre star wars games that i've absolutely loved pretty much anything that allows you to swing a lightsaber I've i ha- quite enjoyed force unleashed i no, i i totally rate force unleashed um and its sequel i liked all the kind of jedi knight games and the like you know anything that put you in that jedi mold where you could swing a lightsaber it it didn't really matter whether it was pretty poor or not you know i could go back through virtually all the the star wars games back to super return of the jedi and i i think i can't think of i'm trying to think of any that i've actually missed you know i i i will happily play all of them but there comes a time when you're actually put in front of your TV screen where you're, you're having to kick at people and, and, you know, force push where rather than actually empowering you and making you feel like a Jedi, it, it, it all feels strangely disconnected from you because you're throwing your arm at the screen and suddenly it doesn't pick up your movement and you just think, I'm, I'm not actually connected to something on the screen that I would feel more in tandem with if you just gave me just a little analog button on it or just a a straightforward kind of binary input button on a controller i would feel more in control then let's bring uh let's bring steve in here because steve you you probably in school when episode one came out so your your idea of star wars is probably a little bit different to, to the rest of us um is is it something that managed to enchant your generation as much as it maybe did for say me and mark um i mean like you say i've been so young uh, I've grown up with the, the you know the prequel films and despite everyone you know taking a stand saying the prequels are as good as the sequels I, I admit that but I think I still think the prequels need to be taken with some sort of guy because I think they were pretty good films I mean I've got the box set at home uh, on blu-ray I'd happily watch one one to six all day every day over and over again um, but I've not actually played connect Star Wars as of yet um, we like you know with what Mark was saying it's it feels like it's aiming towards, you know, a sort of a younger generation. I mean, I will pick it up at some point, you know, just have a quick dabble about in it. But it, re- it reminds me of the viral video, you know, the one, the Star Wars kid that went round all those years ago. And uh, I'd love to know where he is now, actually, and you know, if he's uh, <laughs> enjoyed any kind of um, profit or, uh, or or lifestyle from it. It'd be brilliant if he had. But we've all done it. We've all kind of pictured ourselves or, you know, when no one's around, just kind of in the mirror, just done a a lightsaber swipe and, and made the noises to each other and I know everyone everyone around the, the world who's listening now is just nodding going yeah I've done it um, this game could have been something so much more special but I think that the, the temptation for them to, to just take the uh, the easy path and um, appeal to the masses kind of let it down but I can't say any of it surprises me at all no no it, it's it's sad um and so to a certain extent you you can't really feel too disappointed by it unless you know like me you're you're an idiot who swallows all the marketing blurb hook line and sinker sees the advert and think that looks great um but don't gamers just love hype anyway 
Yeah, of course we do. We, you know, we're always after the next big thing. If we didn't, I mean, let's face it, there are enough games on any one generation of console that we all haven't played. You know, I could go back, you know, to, to I mean, I didn't play every game on the Commodore 64. I could still be playing games on that to this day. But, you know, when the next console comes along, you just think, I've got to buy that. That's why I'm sat here with a Vita with no games. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's what happens. Um, but this this title, it was very much, um, it's, a, it's a party game, really. And if you treat it as such, there's still a lot of fun to be had in there. I mean, the... The little mini games are, are, are well integrated. They're 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 fun. They're you know they're good humoured as well. They're tongue in cheek. They know that they're not you know the height of you know Star Wars. They're uh, cool. They're not really in the canon of Star Wars. They're not part of the whole universe. They're just taking visual cues and musical references and putting you into that world. And so it'd be fun to, you know, put granddad up in front of it on Christmas day or something. You know, that that's really what these kind of games are for, but it it does almost underline exactly what Connect has become and what it's generally aiming for these days. Um all right, let's uh let's leave Star Wars there. Uh Leon, you've been reviewing anything this month, something you want to plug? Um, yeah, dotting the I's and crossing the T's on Prototype 2 as we speak. I love the original. I thought it was a great, great, great fun game. It wasn't particularly uh, uh, groundbreaking in, in what it was doing, but it was just so much fun to play. Definitely. I wholeheartedly agree. Loved the first one. Was really excited to play the second one. Got about an hour into the second one. Had to take the disc out and check I wasn't playing the first one again. Um, it's basically exactly the same. Really? Yeah, disappointingly so. They try and fool you by changing the uh, the main character and sprinkling the side missions in a different way. But about three hours in, you're like, I haven't done anything new for about an hour, and it's really boring me now. Um, which, if you haven't played the first one, means it's still a good game, because it still is made on the prototype engine, and it's the same game, so it still remains fun, you know, that... Because they made the old Incredible Hulk games, these guys. So it's it's really good at the movement around the open world city. It's New York again. It, they didn't even change the city. Same city. Um, That's the same city. Yep. The the virus is broken out again, <laughs> and and you have to unravel the same mystery again. Um, but it it still remains fun. Running up buildings, jumping around, throwing tanks at people, doing all that sort of stuff. It's it, a, it's, it's a god mode, isn't it? It really is. Um, like I say in the review, they kind of painted themselves in the corner with the first one because by the end of it, you were essentially God. Um, so the, you couldn't really be Alex Mercer in the second game because God knows what you would actually be doing. Um, so they, they bring in a new character and they make you do the same thing over and over again, reacquire all those powers one by one. Um, and the stealth gameplay in that game is downright terrible. It really is quite bad. It's it's one of those things where it just hits you in the face with the fact that you're playing a computer game. It even pops up when you, the, the whole mechanic is that you can stealthily consume people and take their identities and then go around using their access cards or gain their memories. Um, but you can only do that when they're not being watched. And when you try and do it, when somebody's watching them, it pops a big message on the screen saying, you can't do this because a person is being watched. But it doesn't fail you. It just tells you that. And then you can go ahead and try again two minutes later when the person turns around. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that which just really bad design just everyone likes to be immersed in games and fair enough open world games sometimes aren't that it is where you detach yourself from reality but stuff like that just makes it tedious shame it really is because um, it was a good game so yeah I wasn't too impressed with it like I say if you haven't played if you haven't played the first one go ahead you'll probably have fun with it but if you played the first one really don't bother is that on the site ready for 
people to read or um by the time that they're hearing this it will be yeah great brilliant steve uh what you've been reviewing for us this month uh this coming up month i'm just playing and finish off the review for the moment of uh, sniper elite v2 uh which surprisingly it's 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 a good game but um and it's a big but really it's it's held back by some massive you know fundamental gameplay flaws really it's it's and you know it's a sniper game, so you you know you expect to be sneaking about, you know, taking people out one by one. This is an odd one. It's a kind of genre within a genre. We've had a few sniper games before in the past. Uh, Ghost Warrior, and we've got the sequel to that coming up. I've played a bit of uh, Sniper Ghost Warrior. And it's not it's not very good, so I'm pretty surprised it's getting a sequel. Um, how does this one kind of refine the sniper genre? Um, well, I played the first Ghost Warrior as well. I'd say this is, you know, a lot better than better than that. Um, I mean, I think it's partly due to the fact that I'm quite, you know, quite enjoy the World War Two setting. Um, but it, you know, it doesn't necessarily refine anything, but it's just it it tries to do it. But it sometimes it just seems like it's so intent on going down the third person shooter genre as well. You know, it, it sends you down some sort of area where the only way to get through the area is by taking everyone out and alerting everybody to where you are. Um, so you know it, it shoves you in there and you can start you know 500 yards away from someone as soon as you take one person out everybody knows where you are instantly they can shoot you with you know their mp40s or you know from 200 yards away comfortably and you'll be dead within four or five shots and it just it contradicts itself but there's you know there's neat little features where you can you know wait on church bells chiming and bombing raids going overhead so you can take people out without anybody knowing and then, obviously, if you do get found out, you can cover your tracks with things like, you know, trip wires, landmines, and, you, you know, you get a silenced pistol, so you can wait behind cover until someone comes through and then, you know, take them out silently or, you know, wrestle them to the ground. So it's it's pretty good, but it's, you know, it's, there's plenty of stuff in there that would, you know, hold it back, you know, there's, like I say, the AI, the, they can, you know, someone that's 300 yards away, you can blade on the floor behind a car, they could comfortably shoot you from behind it, you know, and they'll, they'll see you even if you, you know, you're behind cover. Someone will just walk around and instantly know you're there. You know, it's just... It's it's funny because it's a, it's a genre which really probably would appeal to a lot of people. I'm the kind of guy that if I'm hopping into a game of Battlefield, I, I want to play as a sniper because I get a lot of satisfaction from maybe getting five or six good kills in a round as opposed to 15 or 16. So when you first see a game like this being released, you think, oh, that, that actually looks quite interesting. And then... The reality of actually how it's going to work in a in in a long game it doesn't it doesn't really seem to be something that exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's you know people have been you know interests have been you know raised for it. I mean, it's number one at the moment. It's managed to go to number one above things like Prototype Two. So there's been a lot of interest in it. People have bought it in you know massive quantities. But I think, like I said, the realization of it it's not actually you know that good. But it, it's. It's playable and it's a lot better than another, you know, other games out there. It's definitely worth a look in, especially when there's nothing else, you know, decent around at this time. Um, you know, and there's there's a co-op mode as well. The co-op mode is probably a lot better than the single player because it, it helps a lot when you've got you know got someone else going through it. Um, it's like you know the sort of sniper over watch missions in like Modern Warfare Two, you know, in the Spec Ops mode. Yes, so it's, yeah, really enjoyed them. Yeah, so it's it's similar to that, which you know that saves it quite a bit really because you know someone hangs back and watches over you and picks targets out for you while you take them out. So that is quite a saving grace for it. And if if you could play the full campaign two players or have somebody with you, you know, but judging by the enemy AI, it wouldn't be that good in this case. But if you had something like that, I think it'd be you know 
a lot more enjoyable. Fine. Okay. Well, all all the reviews that the guys have been doing will be on the the site by the time you hear this. So um, have a read and uh, by all means comment and give us some feedback. Elder Scrolls MMO was announced uh, this this past week. A few screenshots have been leaked. Um, what do we all think about this? I'm not sure. Um, uh, to be honest, it's it's one of those things. I, I was I, the cynic in me says it's a bit of a cash in, yeah. Because that, Skyrim was obviously game of the year last year, um, and there was talk of mods coming out, which turned it into an MMO, and it, it kind of makes sense because it seems like a a game which would quite easily work with lots of people in the same area. But it's important to remember that this isn't Skyrim MMO; it's Elder Scrolls MMO, and also it's not on the same engine. So it already looks and feels a bit different. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things, a bit like, you know, we've had our, um, the Old Republic, so we've had our Star Wars MMO. This seems like it, it's almost destined to go head-to-head with it in that terms of taking a single-player game, taking something that is immersive purely on a, on a single-player plane and then putting it into a you know multiplayer universe but you if you think about everything that's in, in certainly in the elder scrolls universe that does seem like it would translate you know very easily i mean it, it's it's almost like an idea that you'd say well why hasn't anyone thought of that before or is it just a case that they haven't had the time or the technology wasn't right you know the infrastructure for things like um, uh, broadband speeds and the like, you know, because a lot of the early MMOs were hampered by, you know, having to have a base model of graphics and, and, you know, you could only fit a certain amount of things in particular areas. If they can get it as expansive as The Elder Scrolls has been and, and manage to get that kind of gripping feeling of taking taking on this world, you're, you're basically tackling the world alone if they can kind of marry that up with the social side of gaming, it's it's. I mean, it's sure to be a smash hit, isn't it? Well, I think I think we're probably all agreed in the fact that Skyrim would easily have worked as a co-op game. Yeah. So if you can could translate that to um, some, not necessarily an MMO in the traditional sense of the word, like in the way that Warcraft is or Star Wars, for example, but something which more bridged the gap between co-op and the single player, um, that could work. But I think anything which heads too far in the direction of Warcraft, I think is suddenly going to feel too unfamiliar to the to the fans of Skyrim and uh, Oblivion, for example. And and they're not just they're just not going to get it. They're not going to get the same experience. No, there, there's that nice um, almost progression in the Elder Elder Scrolls series where you know you start out quite lowly, you build up, but there's almost this feeling like everything there is your playground. You know, we talked about lots of the things that you could get lost in. You know, like chasing animals and the like, and just kind of playing about with the scenery that's that's kind of part of the draw of of what they've created and so in a way you almost feel that perhaps you don't want that atmosphere to be spoiled by other people as as selfish and sociopathic as that sounds you know if you found you know those those moments where you you're going up a mountainside or something like that and you you feel like you you're 
you're going into virgin territory. If you found half a dozen people halfway up the mountainside all having a little chat about what was going on in Big Brother or something via chat bubbles, it's yeah. it's going to break that, isn't it? Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, Leon, you'll back me up on this. Games like Fallout, games like Skyrim are probably the most refined definition of single-player game that we've had this generation you can literally lose hundreds of hours just doing your own thing and wondering how is that going to appeal to an mmo audience or how is that going to bring over a single player audience um i think they'll find it hard me personally um skyrim mmo is kind of my worst nightmare i don't like mmos i don't really like skyrim. Have, you gone, have you gone back to skyrim have you tried to get back into it or are you still um still stayed away yeah, I've stayed away. Um, I just, I just couldn't get into it. It's just not my thing. So, I think, but I do see your point. Like the MMO, like let's say, for instance, they made a Fallout MMO. Um, I don't. Well, think it's, it's been on the cards. You, you can go and you can sign up for the beta now. Whether or not it will ever see the light of day, there is a website and sign up for the Fallout MMO. Yeah, that and that sounds appealing to me. But the question is, is this? Another MMO in the vein of every other MMO that's come out in the last five years, um, i.e. hotkeys, all, all that same same conventions that MMOs have, or are they actually going to do something different and change up the MMO genre, if you like, um, and give us something fresh, um, which could draw me in as a single-player person. But but you're right. I mean, I played Fallout for 150 hours, and I wouldn't want anybody else to be in my world at that point. Um, it's, it's my story, and it's my world, and I kind of liked it that way. Um, but, so it, I think... but it could work as co-op. Do you see what I mean? It could have easily worked if you had another person there with you. Yeah, co-op certainly. I mean, sure, if you if you had one of your mates there and stuff, um, and you guys were in it together, then sure. But a hundred thousand people in in the same instance, or however they run those things, yeah. I don't think that would. Did anyone work here for ever me. play um, Fable Two? Yeah. And Fable Two, you had the orbs, which were other players, but in their own game. Do you remember that? And you could exchange items between orbs and you could arrange to meet people in certain places. That, to me, kind of stepped down a road which I felt could work for um, MMOs for an audience which isn't really ready for an MMO, if that makes sense. I just think that this is... They're being too ambitious and and the audience are going to go in with such high expectations of what they've already left with Skyrim and Oblivion, that when they get there, the MMO ingredients are just going to be so alien to them, they're just going to be totally not into it. They've, they've kind of got the, the basic workings of more towards that multiplayer side of, of, of an RPG in things like um, Demon's Souls and the like. You know, you can go into someone else's game and take them on. You know, so that's basically PvP, you know, player versus player. Um, if they could find a, a a happy medium, I think you know no one wants you know a thousand other people in their world in in kind of their Skyrims, shall we say? But if there was someone on the horizon who you could go and you know go and do a few missions with, and then go back to your own story, or you know meet up with a small guild or, or something along those lines, I think it, you know there's definitely scope for it to work. If the guilds would like multiplayer missions, that'd be that'd be quite cool. In the marketplace, if you could like trade between players, like social spots, then then you could go and do the missions as your your own thing. Then, yeah, I think that'd suit me down to the ground. Yeah, I think I mean obviously too early to to say, and not not many details or if any details are filtered through yet. So it's all kind of speculation, um, but it's definitely one to watch for sure. 
<laughs> Anything coming up that anyone's excited about? Ghost Recon, maybe, but it's a, it's a dry spell, isn't it? Anyone, um, you're not PC gamers, are you? So no one's excited for Diablo 3. No. Nope. You play you play a few uh, PC games, don't you, Leon? Um, yeah, I don't really have the tools to. I've got a super old laptop and stuff. I, I dropped a bit of Eve on there, um, but apart from that, not long ago, my friend, no longer. I don't think um, Diablo's going to be that demanding uh, a game to play on your system. So what is it about Diablo 3 that's got you excited then, Steve? It's a bit of nostalgia, I suppose. Um, the uh, the last Diablo game was many many moons ago now, but it's still played um, by loads of people. Still got a big following, and it's it's a kind of a nostalgia thing with the the top down gameplay um, and just dungeon crawling. Really, it's very atmospheric. Although I must say, I do think May is a very odd time to bring out such a dark game because I know it's going to sound weird, but I don't. I don't really want to play dark and moody and kind of macabre games in the summertime. You want that in autumn as the nights start creeping in. and Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I don't know whether there's something else coming out in November that they didn't want to go up against. But I mean, Blizzard are the kind of company that they, they don't care who they're up against because they know they're going to sell games by the, uh, by the absolute boatload. So, um, But I'll still pick it up. I've got it pre-ordered, so hopefully it'll arrive on the day or if I'm lucky, a couple of days beforehand. There's uh, no uh, no dodgy VPNs for me this time, Leon. You'll be pleased to know, so I'll be playing it by the book. Good to hear. Ivy Bridge came out. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine, is that a pro- processor? It's a processor, that's correct. So it's, okay. uh, it's Intel's follow-up to Sandy Bridge. Yeah, quad core, yeah, quad cores at the moment, yeah, and that's got a lot of people excited on um, on the PC PC gaming forum. So what's that? Eight with hyper threading. Uh, if you buy a, an i7, yeah, you, you'll get nice. eight cores uh, with your your hyper threading, and hopefully later in the year we'll see some Ivy Bridge E processors. But they they normally weigh in about five six hundred quid. So again, don't tell my wife, but I'll probably be on board. It's, it's interesting you're still in that game. I, I got out of the. PC arms race a while ago and haven't kept up with it. You know, I'm just finding it so much fun at the moment. It's just so much happening with the the tech and uh, admittedly the games aren't really using all of that hardware there, but um, it's just it's just nice to know that you've got that next generation now. I know that sounds really poncy and that sounds such a typical PC gamer thing to say, but um, you're in the sweet spot. This is this is your point in the generation when the consoles are aging. I totally PC agree. Can I totally agree. Extend its lead. Yeah, and I think that's why I was slightly disappointed that there was no hardware announcement, or there, that we don't think there's going to be hardware announcements at E3 because many people feel that PC games are being held back by console um, development. Definitely. You know, if, if if everyone is holding back on their games so that they'll be uh, ported to consoles, easier, or not even ported to consoles, they're natively doing it on consoles. Then you know, what's what's the point? What's the point in me buying Dark Souls on the PC, for example, if it's locked to thirty frames a second? This is cheaper. Well, yeah, okay, that's true. But <laughs> you if you've got a free. rig that's capable of playing one hundred and twenty frames a second, you know, you're going to feel slightly cheated by. Uh, a game which is performing at 25% of your... Um, that's probably not right, but y- you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, but you can, feel it, you can feel all warm and happy inside. It's like people who buy a Porsche just to drive it around the city centre. <laughs> Listen, if you buy the right graphics card, you can feel warm and happy on the outside as well. 
good stuff. Uh, okay, well, thanks for joining us on um, this uh, AV podcast gaming edition. I've been Steve Hill. Thanks to you, Mark. Cheers, Steve. Thanks, Leon. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. And we'll, uh, we'll see you all next month. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.